Well, it's wonderful to be with our Hawkesbury family, uh, or those of you who were able to come uh, this morning, and with you wherever you might be, uh, in your home, or maybe somewhere else in the state, or maybe stuck in a different state, which is a very real possibility in these days. Uh, I was so excited that Pastor Rick asked me to share something around this connection with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know if you're into New Year's resolutions or not. You know, I think they come and go for me. But, um, but if you were, the best New Year's resolution you could possibly imagine making would be to invest time in our relationship with Holy Spirit. Because whatever else you might have on that list, whether it's your health or whether it's you know, improving your marriage or your family or your, or your success, the Holy Spirit's more committed to all of those things, all aspects of our life than we are. And he's the one who can guide us into making the right kind of choices and steps to actually get us to places that we could never get just with our own goals or, or whatever. So, so I love that we're focusing on Holy Spirit in, in this time. I don't know whether you've noticed, uh, if you've been around church for a long time, we used to not we used to always talk about the Holy Spirit, and I just wanted to start at this place because I know Pastor Rick has really uh, coined this language of dropping the the. So what's, what is that about? Um, I, I don't know whether you've, you've thought much about that, but the and whatever happens after it becomes less of a person and more of a description. It's Bob the Builder, Right? <laughs> Right? So, so what he does is he builds the builder. It's a descriptive term, but his name is Bob, right? We have this, it's kind of quite easy with Jesus because we don't tend to say the Jesus. We, like we have the Messiah. That's a description, right, of who he is. But his name is Jesus. It becomes a little bit more difficult with the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a description, but Holy Spirit's also his name. And we don't have that issue in Hebrew because actually God, the name was always also the description, right? That's why, that's why God changed people's names in the Old Testament because they needed a name that was going to actually speak to who they were, what they were going to do. So we just have this problem in English. But if you were ever wondering that why, why have we dropped the, well, both are right, but it's just that the Holy Spirit can sometimes depersonalize him, and he is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we call him. And so we get this wonderful opportunity to focus on our connection with Holy Spirit this week and over these coming weeks, and I'm really excited to, to speak into that. It got me thinking about how many times I've heard about Holy Spirit and, and how we engage with him and what he's like. And I remember dad always used to use a car example. And I'm not into cars. You know, if it's got four wheels and it doesn't break down and it gets you to where you want to go, it's just fine. <laughs> never, never been a big one into cars. But the example was good. And, and, I, and it still has stuck with me all these years later. Uh, and it was to do, now, now, for all of you under about 40, I'm going to actually have to, I'm going to sound old. So, so bear with me. But there was a day, there was a day when to turn a car from a, from a standing position, you needed muscles because we didn't have power steering. 
cars, you know, you had to, to get into that spot, you know, like to back in, man, you had to turn that wheel. It was, it's probably good for us, really. <laughs> but about somewhere when I was basically got my first car, I, I mean, you didn't even ask whether it had power steering or not. All cars just started having power steering. And power steering didn't steer for you. No, you still actually had to move the wheel, but suddenly what you were doing was exponentially empowered to do so much more than, than would normally happen with that kind of movement. It was amplified. And this was an example that I remember Dad used to talk about the Holy Spirit. It's not like the Holy Spirit comes into our life and we just kind of sit back in the passenger seat and go, yep, yep, take me. No, no, we're still driving. <laughs> but when we move, his power comes and allows us to do things that would be impossible without his help. Uh, you know, so I got started thinking about cars, which is a dangerous place because I know nothing about them. But, but then I started thinking about the whole newer thing, and this still makes me sound old, <laughs> of satellite navigation. Right, because... When I was growing up and you wanted to get somewhere, every year you bought the latest map, yeah, yeah and, and because that was the only option <laughs> to find out where you needed to go, and you'd look up the street name in the back in the index, and it was on map 117, you'd flick there and you'd work out that you were on map 37, and then you kind of, you know, got to get down to 42 and then move across and then it's 83 and then I wiggle my way over here and, and try and remember that or maybe kind of keep pages open on the, on the seat next to you in case you need to refer to them. This is how we got to where we needed to go. But now, we don't even think about cars. Just It's, it's often quite standard that a car knows where you are already. It's kind of scary. <laughs> and... You know, once you put in the destination, it knows where you want to go. And then it tells you how to get there. And if you make a wrong turn, it just says, I'm rerouting. And finds a way to get you back where you need to, to get to and get to your destination. I was thinking, wow, the Holy Spirit's kind of like that as well. The, the, in fact, we don't even need to necessarily know the destination. He knows the destination. And then he's able to guide us, and he knows the best route with the fewest tolls. <laughs> sometimes he makes us go through the tolls. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes he takes us down the back street and we go, mm, is this the way? But he knows, he knows the way to get us to that destination. He knows exactly the right path. And even when we make a decision by ourselves. No, I think I'm going to turn down this road. He goes, yep, just, just keep turning around. Another left, another left. Great. We're back on track. Who knew the Holy Spirit? We could understand the Holy Spirit through cars. Okay, now I'll stop sounding old. <laughs> but I started wondering about Holy Spirit's interactions with us as individuals. And, and it got me thinking, how did the Holy Spirit interact with the disciples uh, uh, the, the first disciples, they're in Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And so I started going through Acts and I was looking for every scripture where something was attributed to the Spirit, where the Spirit told them to do something, where the Spirit empowered them to do something. And I found 20 plus scriptures just in Acts where the Spirit is either directing, empowering, he's, he's engaging with the disciples. And I thought, well, 
for us to understand how he might engage with us, it might be helpful to understand how he engaged with the disciples of a couple of thousand years ago because it's the same Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit who was doing all those things in Acts is the same Holy Spirit in us. And so hopefully I'm going to race through these 20 scriptures in Acts. We're not even going to read the whole scriptures. I'm just going to put them up there. If you want to go back and actually dig through those scriptures, please do. I mean, it's, there's so much richness there. But I'm just going to point out what the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit was interacting with the disciples and how that might reflect on the way in which he'll interact with us on a daily basis. So let's start in Acts 1-2. Well, it, we're told that the, uh, the, the apostles were given instructions by the Spirit. Uh, we just got a new sofa bed. And uh, I, I, I was a little stuck until I found the instruction manual because even though it was relatively simple, you needed all the bits and you needed to know how to put them together in the right way. It, the Holy Spirit has built things that we haven't built yet. The Holy Spirit knows how to accomplish things that we don't yet know how to accomplish. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit can instruct us in how to do what we need to do. We don't have to figure it out by ourselves. Acts 2 verse 4, uh, he gives the disciples new languages. Well, we know about that. That's really exciting. That's a bit spectacular, isn't it? Uh, and you'll notice some of the ways in which the Holy Spirit interacts with the disciples are quite spectacular. And others are really seem quite ordinary, but they're all the Spirit. And I think perhaps one of the dangers is that we make the Spirit out to be sort of mystical and, uh, you know, and, and miraculous. And, and he is all those things. Some of the things he does are, are just blow our minds. But if we only put the Holy Spirit in that space, we might detract from the fact that he personally He's personally engaged with our inner world and, and, what, and that means that he does some things that have, some, look very ordinary sometimes but are important for us, important for what he wants to accomplish through us. So he gives the disciples new languages and of course he does that uh, in order so that they can communicate what God's done to people who they wouldn't be able to communicate to. Right? There's all these other nations who've come to Jerusalem and now they're speaking in their languages. And it got me thinking, well, how does the Holy Spirit do that today? Well, you know, he still gives us these amazing ways in which to engage with people who aren't going to come if we say, please come to church. <laughs> in fact, you know, he even puts us in situations where we're stuck at home in our little local community and, and, and gives us a talking point with our neighbor. It's called covid you know, a bit of a minor talking point at the moment. <laughs> so uh, uh, he's still giving us a language to speak to those who don't yet have a connection, personal connection with Jesus Christ. Acts 4.31, he empowers them to speak about what God has done with boldness. Well, to speak with boldness, maybe that doesn't seem like a particularly spectacular thing, but I tell you what, when, you, when you, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty and I don't know if I, I can say anything, boldness is such a wonderful gift. Boldness, it makes the world of difference between something, you know, someone experiencing God and someone experiencing the revelation of who he is or not. 
So praise God that the Holy Spirit can fill us with boldness. Acts 7.55, he gives Stephen, while he's being stoned to death, a vision of heaven, and he sees the glory of God. Ah, how wonderful it is that we have a spirit who is able to let us see beyond the natural. Because sometimes what's happening in the natural is not all about what's happening in the natural. Sometimes... You know, we're looking at something, a situation, we're looking at a conflict, and then the Spirit opens our eyes and we go, <laughs> it's not about that. It's not, a, it, it, whatever that particular argument is or conflict is, no, this is about a heavenly battle that's occurring over whatever, over these people's lives. That's where we need to take the war. How wonderful it is that the Spirit gives us vision, gives us sight beyond the natural. Acts 8.29, I don't know what number we're up to, but we're getting there. Acts 8.29, he gives Philip instructions on where to go, literally to overtake the Ethiopian's chariot. And that, um, it's, it's very practical, right? Go a bit faster. <laughs> I bet there's a few drivers who'd love the Holy Spirit to say that to them. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no speed limits back on those roads. But... But, you know, the Holy Spirit can be exceptionally practical about his direction to us. Go and get that coffee. Go and buy that person a coffee. Go, go around and talk to that person. Go, he, he can be very practical, but it's powerful because he knows that there's something in that. It wasn't just about beating the Ethiopian's chariot to the next venue. No, it was to get him near a, a moment where someone else was ready to hear someone else is ready to, to see God, to understand what Jesus Christ had done. Probably the most spectacular verse here, Acts 8, 39. Uh, we, the Spirit physically teleports, transports Philip instantly from one place to another. And I love when the Holy Spirit does that because it just reminds us that he's God. <laughs> he's not just a friend. He's not just a nice comforter. This is God. This is the God who doesn't have to obey the rules of our, that, that we function in. You know, our movement from one place to another requires that, you know, that we actually move. But God is able to do things that are impossible in our understanding. And he's still able to do those things today. It's the same spirit that transported, teleported Philip from one place to another that lives in you. Amen. Lives in you. Amen. Lives in me. In, uh, <laughs> okay, so we get from probably the most spectacular thing the spirit does in Acts to this. The next verse, uh, Acts 9.31, he gives the disciples comfort. How ordinary is that? Comfort. I mean, you know, we give people comfort all the time, right? You know, you, I'm, I'm so sorry. That must be really difficult. I'm, I'm here. Uh, comfort doesn't seem like a particularly spectacular function of the Spirit. And yet, when, when we need it, comfort is powerful. When we're in the, the, those deepest places of, of loss or pain or, or confusion, 
oh, how beautiful comfort is. And how extraordinary is that comfort when it's the comfort of the Spirit who, who comforts us in a way that's beyond our understanding or beyond our, we don't need to comprehend it. We don't need to, to know what's going on. We just need to receive his comfort. And it really doesn't matter what else is happening. <laughs> sure, what the mess of what, what might be around, it's fine. I have the Holy Spirit's comfort. In, um, in Acts 10, 19, uh, Paul is told about some strangers who are at the door, uh, who are sent from Cornelius, who are seeking him. So, of course, God can tell us things in advance. Sometimes he does that to prepare us. Um, sometimes uh, he's doing that because he knows that if we just encountered that situation without that preparation, we might not, we not, might not respond in the right way. So he's still doing that today. The Holy Spirit is still speaking to us about things that we don't know. In Acts eleven twelve, Paul is told to go with the strangers. Go with the strangers. I got thinking about the fact that we often talk about the person of peace being someone nearby, someone you know, sort of in our world, you know, and that's often the case. And, and you know, there's there's all good reasons for that. But, you know, sometimes God just puts us in a stranger situation. Because the stranger, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no, um, uh, there's perhaps no initial barriers. Uh, sometimes there are for strangers. But, you know, sometimes the, it's the stranger who can speak where the person in the room can't. You know, the person who knows the situation can't. But a stranger, God, God loves using strangers occasionally. Us, us as strangers into someone else's world. Because in their world, maybe Jesus isn't welcome. In their world, maybe there's no context for, for God, but the stranger can come in and bring the spirit into that situation. Acts eleven twenty eight. he shows Agabus that there was going to be a famine. Now, the Holy, I don't think the Holy Spirit has, every single time there's been a famine around the world, has shown the prophets in advance. I don't think this is like the Holy Spirit always will tell you if there's going to be a famine, but he does here. And there are other points. You know, he tells Joseph that there's going to be a famine as he's interpreting that dream of Pharaoh's. Um, so why does he do that? Sometimes he shows us, the Holy Spirit shows us the future. Maybe it's so that we can prepare. Maybe it's so that we pray. Maybe it's so that we can actually do something about it. But sometimes he does, and that's pretty awesome. In Acts 13.2, he directed the disciples to set Barnabas and Saul aside for a specific mission. How, how glorious, how wonderful it is when we don't just decide to do something, but we're set aside to do something. That the Spirit actually sets us aside, whether, whether it's something he's put in our own heart or whether it's something that he puts in the people around us and, and he actually directs us for a particular task and function and mission. That's, that's a beautiful thing. And then the Spirit in uh, Acts 13, 4, sends Barnabas and Saul out. We're all human beings. We can all make a choice. We can make a choice to leave Anywhere, work, church, whatever. We can always make a church to, to go somewhere else, to do something else. But 
How powerful it is when the Spirit actually sends people out because then it comes with all of His empowerment. It comes with all of His grace, all of His ability. It's such a beautiful thing when the Holy Spirit sends people out. I don't think any, I mean, <laughs> I don't think any senior pastor uh, regrets when the Spirit is sending someone out. It's just like, yes, yes, go and do that. The Spirit is, is he's with you. I think the, 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 the challenge is when we just sort of see people make their own choice and go, I don't know, were you listening to the Holy Spirit? Uh, hopefully you were. Um, Acts 13, 52, fills them with joy. The Spirit fills the disciples with joy. Again, does that seem a little mundane? Holy Spirit would fill people with joy. I mean, joy is, is joy really that powerful? Absolutely. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. I mean, the joy can flourish even in the midst of the worst of circumstances. Joy is so powerful and it's a gift of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. It's a fruit. Acts 15, 28 he gave leaders wisdom in what helpful parameters should be set for Gentile Christians. I love this. What we tend to do as human beings is we go, this is what was required for me, so I'll put that on you. Right? I, I, I did this, therefore you should do this. But actually, sometimes the Holy Spirit's directions for the next person, your child, your, your friend, are not the same ones he gave you because it's personal for him. It's personal for you. He's got, he knows exactly what's going to make the best, uh, the, the best progression for you in what the race that God has called you to run. Uh, Acts 16, 6, he forbids Paul to preach the gospel in Asia. The Holy Spirit shuts doors. Sometimes we think that's the enemy. We think that's the devil. Oh, just pray against that door open in Jesus' name. Look, it might be the enemy, but it might very well be the Holy Spirit who's shutting that door. You, you go, no, I, but I really want to go there. I really, I, but, and he's going, no, that, that's not for you or it's not for this time. And I love the fact that he does that because the very next scripture says in Acts 18.5, says at a specific moment, the Spirit compels Paul to preach Jesus as Messiah to the Jews. So in the very moment that he shuts doors, yeah, just around the corner is a moment where he's opening a door and saying, quick, quick, go through that one. That's the one I've got for you right now. That's the one where there's fruitfulness. I think maybe as Christians, we can spend a lot of time bashing on doors that, that the Spirit has closed and not walking through doors that the Spirit has opened. <laughs> it's a lot of energy wasted on our part. <laughs> We're down to the last, what are we down to? <laughs> the last five, four, four. In Acts 19 verse six, empowers them to prophesy. And we love prophecy. One of the gifts of the spirit and we're all encouraged to prophesy. Just means speaking what God is speaking to us. It might be foretelling, it might be stuff that God's telling us about the future, but it might just be the, the things that God is speaking to us about now. Uh, we have this wonderful opportunity for the Spirit to speak through us, and those words are powerful. Those words created from nothing. Uh, 
Acts 19.20, he gives Paul direction to return to Jerusalem in order to go to Rome. Uh, I think this is a really interesting thing that the Holy Spirit does sometimes. He sends us one way so that we can go another way. Now, sometimes that step out is actually not where we're stepping to. It's just to get us on the journey so that we can end up where God places us. And many a time, it seems to me that the Holy Spirit, you know, I, you know, I remember we came back to Sydney from Adelaide. With, we knew that we needed to come home back to Sydney, but, but we, we didn't have any idea of what we were going to do here. I wasn't coming back to a job. And then within 10 months, uh, Alpha Cruces College, the president took me in for a coffee and talked about his vision for creative arts uh, in our national college. And, and I started that from scratch almost 10 years ago, nine, just over nine years ago now. Uh, and, you know, I just think, oh, how good is the Holy Spirit? Not just, because he knew that ultimately I was going to need to be there, but he says, go there, it's on your way. <laughs> Here's the thing. He also, in Acts 20, 23, warns Paul of the trials and tribulations that await in Jerusalem. I think most of us would just go, I need to rebuke that. That's, that's definitely not of God. I'm just going to keep cursing that. That's, that's not my promise. And yet the Holy Spirit was telling Paul to go to Jerusalem, and then he's telling him about the trials and tribulations that are going to happen there. Do you have, do you, what do you want me to do about that? Should I not go to Jerusalem? No, no, I'm telling you to go to Jerusalem. Well, should I avoid? Is there a way to avoid the trials and tribulations? <laughs> no, they're going to happen. So why would the Holy Spirit do that? Well, you know, if he's warning us about something up ahead, he's saying, I've already been there. I've already gotten you through. Like, that's not where you're going to end up. You're going to Rome. Yeah, there's trials and tribulations in Jerusalem, but I've got your destination still in mind, and it's going to happen. I think what a wonderful thing it is that the Holy, the Holy Spirit would speak to us in the midst of, or sometimes before, those challenging times that we have and say, I've still got your destination planned. It's going to happen. And yes, I'm not taking this away from you, what you're going through right now, but it's not the end of your story. Here's the last one. 20, 20 scriptures in Acts about the way that Holy Spirit is interacting with his disciples. Acts 20, 28 ordains leaders over the churches. The Spirit ordains leaders over the churches. I don't think that anyone takes on a, a, a leadership in a church just because they thought it was a good idea. They're certainly not going to last very long if they do that. They're called of God, no less than you're called of God to function in where God's put you. But I, I, I think that with any leaders and with any leadership, especially in Australia, we, we tend to just equalize everyone. We're all just, you know, we're all here in Holy Spirit as we are. But there's, it specifically talks about Acts 20, 28, that the Spirit ordains leaders over churches. And, and I love that because it means that no matter what that person does or doesn't do, no matter whether they live up to our expectations or don't, we have to entrust the Spirit <laughs> to do what He does, to guide them, to lead them, 
to empower them to, to build his church. At the end of the day, the Spirit is more passionate about the church than we are. God builds his church. He builds it in spite of us sometimes, even when we're doing our best to mess things up or make poor choices. But it's the Spirit. The Spirit is passionate about the church. And He's passionate about setting up leaders over the church. That's why we should pray for pastors Rick and Naomi and all of our leaders, all the leaders in the churches. Did you notice the great diversity? 20 scriptures. Did you notice the diversity of stuff that the Spirit does? I mean, it's just sort of all over the place. It's comfort, it's teleportation, it's miracles, it's prophecy. It's because the Holy Spirit isn't a jukebox. You don't stick in the little coin and press the song you want. No, Holy Spirit's a person. So He's not going, now what's the list of things that I can do for this person? Oh, number 23, let's go with that. No, He's a person. So He's looking at your individual life, knowing the start from the finish, knowing where the, the plan, that, the race that God has planned for you to run. And He's going, all right, you need that right now. Yeah, but I want the thing that, I want that miracle. That'd be nice that that other person had. Well, that's not what you need. But I'm, I'm sick or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but I know what I'm doing. And, and I'm interested in you and the plan I've got for you. So I'm speaking to you and I'm doing it this way right now. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10, and I'll finish up here. Oh, you've heard me say this scripture before. <laughs> One of my favorites. Because it starts with, I has not seen nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But it doesn't stop there. But God has revealed them to us, to you, through His Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He's showing you things. He's walking with you. His plan is perfectly outworked if we'll surrender to that plan. As we walk with Him, as we pay attention to Him, if the Holy Spirit is revealing those things that I hasn't seen nor ear has heard, Oh, how could we pay more attention this year? How could we pay more attention at the start of 2021 to what the Holy Spirit might be showing us or speaking to us? Right now, right now in this place and wherever you are, Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Might not be with words, might be a vision. It might be something that's wordless, like comfort. Comfort doesn't come in words, it comes in presence. But it's individual, because none of you are walking exactly the same journey, and the Holy Spirit individually is able to say exactly what He needs to say to you right now, or show you right now, 
that's going to make the difference for your today, that's going to make the difference for your tomorrow, that's going to make the difference in the lives of someone around you. Let's just take this moment to be sensitive to the Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Not the thing that we want to hear or see, but what we need to hear or see from you. Reveal what you need to reveal to us by your Spirit. Maybe it's something about our relationships. Maybe it's something about our families. Maybe it's something about our finances. Maybe it's something about our physical bodies. Maybe it's something about our community, our neighbors, who we buy our coffee from. Could be so many things we already know that that you just, you're not a slot machine. (laughs) You are a personal person who is God, who lives in us and empowers us and guides us to fulfill the call which you've placed on every single one of our lives. I could take the time this morning to to speak some of the things that the Holy Spirit is telling me about others, some of you who are at home, some of you who are here in this building, and those are wonderful, and, but, you know, it's, it's great, especially when we feel like God's saying something to us and then someone else says it and we go, oh, wow, I was actually listening to the Holy Spirit. But, but can I say, please don't wait for the next meeting. Don't wait for the next Sunday. Don't wait for the next prophet to come through. The Holy Spirit's revealing to you. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's empowering you. So Holy Spirit, we surrender to you this morning and we continue to ask that you would help us to pay attention to what you're saying and what you're doing and what you're showing us because we know that the fruitfulness of that, the fulfillment in that, the satisfaction, the joy uh, is just unspeakable. It's the best way we could possibly live. Help us, Holy Spirit. We want to invest in our relationship with you this year in 2021. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, second Sunday in 2021, we have no idea what this year is going to bring, but there's someone who knows and we better pay attention to him. Holy Spirit, have a wonderful day. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.